اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم ولما توجہت القاء مدین قال عسا ربی اہدینی سوا السبیل صدق اللہ العظیم The discussion had come to the point where Musa alayhi salatu wasalam had to leave very secretly from Egypt because of the incident becoming exposed that he was responsible for the killing of the Qibti and somebody from the inner circle of Fir'aun came and gave him the message that you are now being pursued the people of Fir'aun are trying to capture you, to kill you so you should leave so therefore from a uncommon road he quietly left and he proceeded and the destination he made was Madian which is now being mentioned further on that وَلَمَّا تَوَجَّهَتِ الْقَاءَ مَدْيًا قَالَ عَسَى رَبِّي أَيَّهْدِيَنِي سَوَاءَ السَّبِيلِ Musa alayhi salatu salam had all these years grown up in the palace of Fir'aun he was in the lap of luxury he was not accustomed to any kind of hardship and difficulty and here he had to suddenly without any prior preparation he had to suddenly leave this was a lengthy journey it was extremely difficult he didn't have any provisions he couldn't have he didn't have any time to acquire any or prepare anything take any food along so in any case it was a very difficult journey it was a very hard and arduous journey But finally, he reached Madian. Now Madian is also mentioned in the Quran Sharif elsewhere, وَإِلَىٰ مَدْيَنَ أَخَاهُمْ شُعَيْبًا That Madian is the place where Hazrat Shu'ayb was appointed as a Nabi of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. So in any case, this is the place where Hazrat Musa Salaam headed towards and he finally reached Madian. Thereafter Allah Ta'ala mentioned certain things that happened when he got there. So the next ayat Allah Ta'ala describes or mentions the detail of what happened when Musa alayhi salam reached Madian. وَلَمَّا وَرَدَ مَا أَمَدْيَنَ وَجَدَ عَلَيْهِ أُمَّةً مِّنَ النَّاسِ يَسْقُونَ He came to Madian and he found as he reached there, there was some well and there was a big crowd of people there. All had brought their animals to come and water them. So this was a common practice at the end of the day. people would bring the animals to come to the well, to the watering place and so that the animals may have some water to drink and then they would take them back so when he got there he found that all these people have come with the animals and all have crowded around but at the same time he saw that on one side there were two girls, two women who were keeping their animals back on one side, they were standing aside from the whole crowd. So everybody was busy here, these people are standing aside, he found this unusual, so he asked them, what is the problem, is there some issue, what is the reason that you are not taking your animals to go and water them? So they replied and said, that we don't water our animals until all these Shepherds have done their job and everybody is gone. We go last. Why? Obvious. One is that if we have to go in the midst of all these people, they are all men. 
So this is against the dictates of Hayat. This was not yet the laws of Parda did not apply in that Ummad as it applied to us. And in fact, in the beginning stages of this Ummad also, the laws of Parda that applied later were not yet in place. It was only after Hijrat, after Rasulullah had migrated to Medina Munawwara, that the detailed laws of, Haya, uh, of Parda had come, of the laws of what is the requirements of the segregation of men and women, etc. But despite the detailed laws of Parda not being applicable, the natural Haya was still something that was always upheld. And therefore, they say that we cannot and we do not go and take our animals ahead because obviously we would have to now mix with these men, so we wait. Besides that, these men would, because it's a kind of survival of the fittest type of situation in these kind of places, that who gets there first, they have the dominant, they take the first part of things and nobody will allow us to get close either. And then the other part is that the immediate question comes, why have women come here to take care of this task and this job? This is something that should be entrusted to somebody else. So they immediately answer this without the question being asked. وَأَبُوْنَا شَيْخٌ كَبِيرٌ That our father is very old. He is not capable of bringing the animals to come and have them watered here. So therefore, and there is no other male in the home to take care of this task. So we are forced to come and do this job. Now the thing to understand here is that Musa salam, the little discussion about the Quran Sharif discussed that his mother took him, put him in the river and the next thing the Quran speaks about that box reached close to the palace of Fir'aun and then in a few ayat the aspect about that Fir'aun's wife said he might be a coolness of our eyes then the next thing was that his mother Finally, he reached his mother, how that happened, that was mentioned. And then in between the incident about the, the altercation with the Qipti, and then reaching Madian. Now there's quite a long journey in between, and there's many, many years that have passed in this whole instance. And all the details that go in this whole discussion, we're talking about the life of Musa wasalam, and this is something that's being discussed in sequence. Like the incident of Yusuf the entire surah is discussing the incident of Yusuf in sequence. Musa incident in various places in the Quran Sharif, some small portion somewhere, another portion elsewhere, some aspect repeated in various places, in different aspects of that particular incident. But here in Surah Qasas, and similarly in Surah Taha, a good amount of detail is in sequence. But despite being in sequence, there are huge chunks of details not mentioned because there was no need for those reasons, for those issues. For example, now Musa salam traveled and he came all the way to Madian. This was a very difficult journey. It would have taken many days to come. What he did in the journey, where he slept, how he survived, what he ate, and all those details, nothing to be found. He left, and the next thing, وَلَمَّا تَوَجَّهَتِ الْقَاءَ مَدْيًا He left for Madian, and وَلَمَّا وَرَدَ مَاءَ مَدْيًا The next ayat is when he reached Madian. In between all the, these details are left out. And 
here suddenly this detail about this discussion that these women were waiting to hold their animals, to water their animals and they gave the reason why they are not going forward. Now this is the Mu'adhiza of the Qur'an Sharif that those aspects which are for Ibrad and those things which are meant for us to take a lesson from those are the details that come in. Those aspects about now all this is history this is history but the history which merely says somebody was born and somebody left and somebody did this and did that which doesn't give any lesson what is the benefit of that history? That history which teaches a person life that history which gives a person a direction which gives a person that look this is the way that you will progress because look this is what happened in the previous nations or this person that has passed this is how he lived his life this is what he uh, what values he had and as a result this is how he progressed so this is a lesson for you if you follow the same route you'll also progress and look at this person what was his way of life <clears throat> what was the oppression he had been meeting out on people what kind of immorality this person had but look at the end result look at how the destruction came now that history is very very useful the Quran Sharif gives us that kind of history which is useful which is a means of benefit for us so despite so many other things not being mentioned but this detail is being given so the lessons here are that this is not the natural duty of a woman to be taking care of this, these functions outside the house unless in a situation of desperation like in this case our father is very old he is unable to come and do this and there is nobody else available so now out of sheer necessity we had to emerge to come and take care of this task otherwise we would have been at home this is not our task now that we have had to come we are nevertheless observing the laws and the requirements and the natural dictates of parda. Parda is a Urdu word, but it actually is the expression of what is the requirements of hijab and what is the laws of hijab in the Quran Sharif. So this is not something that, this is something that was natural. And in all the eras, this was something that was naturally upheld. But when it came to the last ummah, this was formalized because this had to remain till Qiyamat and Allah Ta'ala as a safeguard for us because this as the time proceeds closer to Qiyamat this natural haya is something that is being diminished so these laws were now formalized and further details came in regard to what will be the manner of taking care of this need of sometimes out of sheer need of interaction how would that take place? What is the need for segregation, etc.? So that the fitna that could ensue due to lack of hijab, that is already taken care of, that that doesn't allow, it's not allowed to happen. So Musa salam, in any case, now when he heard that this is the problem, he realized because he saw that there was some situation here, there was some need. And this is the way of the Anbiya Ali salam, that they lived to take care of people this was their life wherever there was a need they were first and this is what they thought their life was not and neither did their teachings were to think of yourself and don't worry about others 
their life was others first and they thought of themselves last. In terms of needs, they always fulfilled needs of others, they filled the bellies of others even if they had to go hungry. And this is what they thought as well. The Quran Sharif was revealed on such ayat, revealed ayat on such occasions also that where the Sahabi Nabi Islam had nothing in his own home. One person came as a guest. Nabi Islam sent somebody to all his homes first. That is there something that can be fed to the guest? And at that time, there were nine homes, nine wives. Nabi Islam, Allah Ta'ala had instructed that these nikahs take place and there were various wisdoms behind it. That why did Nabi Islam get married to so many wives? This was for the purpose of ta'aleem of the ummah. Otherwise, the better part of his life, he spent from the age of 25, he got married to a widow who had been previously married on two occasions and she was 15 years his senior. And only after Hazrat Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha passed away, only thereafter did Nabi Islam perform the second nikah. Otherwise, in her lifetime, there was no second nikah. So the best part of his young years was spent in marriage to a widow. So if there was any other purpose and motive of nikah, if there was any other personal reason for nikah, then all those multiple nikahs would have happened in this time, in the time of his younger years. But this was only in the later years, and that too were for various reasons that were for the benefit of the ummah. So in any case, that is a separate subject on its own. But the lesson here we are, being, we are going through is that Nabi Wasallam we are talking about that at that time he was married to nine wives and he sent somebody to all nine homes. Then go and find out is there something to feed the guests. And from each home the reply that came Ma indana illal ma. Can we imagine that the answer is coming and from each of the homes the same answer. The only thing available is water. Can a person imagine in our home that if the only thing available is water, we won't get sleep that night. And let alone only thing available water, even if there is some slight little bit of shortage in some minor thing, that too creates such a concern. And here nine houses of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the same answer. Ma indana illal ma. Then Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam asks who will take this guest for the night. And one Sahabi Ansari takes that guest, the incident is well known. And in the pretext of trying to do something to the candle or the lamp, they extinguish it so that they are eating in darkness now, just so that because there was only so much left, so much available that the guest could eat. Put the children off to sleep without eating somehow and in darkness pretend to eat so that the guest could eat his full. And the next day, the Quran Sharif ayat is revealed, وَيُؤْثِرُونَ عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ وَلَوْ كَانَ بِهِمْ خَسَاسًا That this is the quality of the Sahaba, that they give preference to others over themselves, even if they are themselves starving. They will starve, but feed others. So this is the way of the Anbiya Ali wasalam, and this is the lesson, and this is the point that Allah Ta'ala is bringing to our attention here. That look, these people were in need, and out of that need, uh, Musa wasalam, came forward, and he took those animals, and he went and watered them. Fasaqalahuma. He did the job and let, let them be. So they went away. ثُمَّ تَوَلَّا إِلَى الظِّلْ فَقَالَ رَبِّ إِنِّي لِمَا أَنزَلْتَ إِلَيَّ مِنْ خَيْرٍ فَقِيرٍ Now he had travelled all this distance. He was in this difficult time. 
there was nothing to eat because he had no provisions and after all this difficulty he has come he did this job for them any case he came under the shade of some tree or whatever shade it was but he turned to Allah Ta'ala now again this detail there are so many details that are not mentioned but the details that are of need for us that look in every condition turn to Allah Ta'ala turn to Allah Ta'ala in desperation turn to Allah Ta'ala in cases in situations of ease and in adversity so Musa also turns to Allah Ta'ala Ya Allah I am in need of whatever khair and whatever good you will give me this khair is a very comprehensive word it includes anything and everything that a person needs at this point in time his need was food his need was some shelter this was his need so he turned to Allah Ta'ala in any case these girls came back home when they came back home the father was surprised that you have come long before the normal time normally it takes very long to return and today you have come very much earlier so how did this happen so they gave the detail of what happened that there was this person who came and he took the animals and he had them watered so we didn't have to wait all this while and therefore we have returned so he sent one of the daughters because he couldn't come himself he sent one of the daughters to come and call Musa salam because now this was somebody noble and while the Mufassirin have deferred about who really the person was generally many of the view that it was Shu'ib alayhi salatu wasalam that this was Shu'ib alayhi salatu wasalam and therefore he sensed perhaps this is somebody has some very noble qualities he's somebody that we should call so he sent one of the daughters to come and call him now again as we've mentioned several times already that there are so many details that the Quran Sharif hasn't gone into because those things we have no need for us they are historical facts but those historical facts don't necessarily have we don't have any need for it but here again Shreem sent this one daughter to come so it was a straightforward thing that she would have come and told him that you are being called end of the story but the Quran Sharif goes into some detail regarding it and Allah Ta'ala says فَجَاءَتْهُ إِحْدَاهُمَا now the point to say was that she came to call him but how she came now there's so many details not mentioned but how she came the Quran Sharif is talking about it how she walked the Quran Sharif is talking about it and how she walked now this is something which is part of balaghat and rhetoric and it's something which has a whole detail behind it but what is actually being described here is this is what is isti'ara a very very specific description the description here is actually Allah the word Allah that comes is normally in this kind of context will be for somebody that's riding when a person has come Allah because this is what it is Ja'a Allah so he came riding on something so here this Allah what is the mode as if this transport was the like a person comes riding on an animal for example on a horse or something so this is the picture being given that this mode of conveyance as if to say as if to say that the mode of conveyance was haya in other words that she came in a total 
form of humility, modesty, shame. Now this is actually drawing a picture of complete modesty. And if there could be some type of shame and haya at its peak being imagined, that is the picture that is being given. That here a woman had to come out of sheer necessity to give a message to a man. So how will she come? Because sometimes this interaction might be unavoidable. And this will carry on to Qiyamah, that there will be situations where there will be some situation where that interaction between a person and a non-Mahram woman might become unavoidable. For example, now a woman has to consult a doctor. So now that interaction is going to be unavoidable to a point. There would be certain situations where out of sheer need, there is some situation she has to uh, discuss something, which is, there is no other way around it. But then how will she go about it? In order to describe this, to give a lesson about this till Qiyamah, the manner in which this girl walked and came, the Qur'an Sharif describes it. Now, there are numerous details, there is no mention about it. But this manner, That she came walking as if her mode and conveyance was haya itself. She came completely in modesty and shame. Then she comes and she says, قَالَتْ إِنَّ أَبِي My father is calling you. She didn't just come and say, that come along home. Because that is totally against any dictate of haya. That a woman talks to a non-mahram and says that you are invited home. She had come and given the message as it was. That my father is calling you to come home. This was something she said, from her side, Hazrat Shri had not necessarily mentioned in this way, but she knew the nobility of her father, that he has done, Musa Salam has done a favor, the father will return the favor. So this is what she referred to, that he wishes to return the favor of what you did. So, but this was now an invitation as to come as a guest. And Musa Salam had made dua, Ya Allah, I'm in need. Allah Ta'ala had made this now divine arrangement. Allah Ta'ala instilled it in the heart here, that invite this person. So in any case, this invitation came. When this invitation came, he accepted it. Now the other part of it, that Musa now doesn't know where to go, obviously. So normally what would be the case? The person who has come to call, now he's come to invite somebody, so he'll lead the way. So here the person who had come to invite, out of sheer necessity, the person who had to come was this girl. There was nobody else to do it. So now, she will lead the way. But Musa immediately instructed her that you walk behind. You walk behind and you give the directions from behind where I should turn. And she walked from behind and he walked ahead so that even the accidental glance, now he has to follow her. If he has to follow her, even the accidental glance doesn't fall on her. She must walk in the back. Now this was the lesson that we are being given that this interaction, Hazrat Luqman said to his son out of the many many advices, thousands of advices he gave to him, one of the advices he gave to him, walk behind a lion, but don't walk behind a woman. It's a different thing, some people say that it doesn't matter because it's Allah Alam. But the lesson in this is 
In other words, walking behind a lion is very dangerous. It is very dangerous because a lion gets one woof that there's a human behind me, the person's life is at risk. But walking behind a woman, his iman could be at risk. Because if he gets caught up in haram, now this is the lesson being given. So in other words, if out of a person, now he's in that kind of situation, he's walking down the street. So now, how far he's going to be able to always be in front? He's going to be behind somewhere. But the lesson in that is to what extent he has to be careful now. How much of care and caution he has to exercise that he does not get caught up in any fitna. Because this fitna is all around. Now this is in which zamana this is. Which time and era and age. Long before Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, At the time when natural haya was at such a height that the laws of parda were not necessary to formalize. Because these net, as we discussed one of the nights, that even in our older folk and in times that have gone not too far away, that the values of Iman were alive. Haya was alive comparative to now, far, far greater Haya was still present. Privacy was a fraction of what is available nowadays. But Haya was a hundred times more. And nowadays we have privacy of maybe a hundred times more and a fraction of the Haya they had. So, therefore these lessons were given. Musa wasalam, walked ahead and he told her from behind, you give the directions and in this way finally he reached and he came and as the, many of the Mufassirin are of the view that this was Shweb wasalam, so he came and met Shweb wasalam, finally he gave him the whole incident. فَلَمَّا جَاءَهُ وَقَصَّ عَلَيْهِ الْقَصَصِ قَالَ لَا تَخَفْنَ جَوْتَ مِنَ الْقَوْمِ الظَّالِمِينَ He explained whatever happened, what transpired from the time that Fir'aun where whatever the issues were there and how he finished off in Madian so Shaykh said to him now you have no need to fear Allah Ta'ala has saved you from these oppressors and Allah Ta'ala has brought you to safety Inshallah we will continue from this